have to be serious. Uh, and that's not always natural, you know, that the seriousness. I mean, when it comes to things that we feel uh, are in opposition to God or things that are a danger, uh, it's natural for us to be serious. But when it comes to dealing with people who we don't view in that perspective, you know, they're not against God, etc., uh, there is a tendency to lose sight of that seriousness and be very casual. And we really don't see that in the life of Christ. When he was walking among his disciples, we really don't see a lot of casual behavior from Christ. And I believe that even though it's hard, you know, if we're going to be in ministry, we don't need to be casual with one another. Maybe there are uh, some, you know, who we can have that experience with, uh, but it has to be measured because we can shoot our effectiveness in the foot, if you will. We can shoot our ministry in the foot uh, because people will not take us serious anymore. You know, there's a reason why. Think about this. Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own countrymen. Why? It's because they were familiar with him. You know, when Jesus, when Jesus began doing the miracles and such, they, they were just like, you know, hey, we know this guy. This is Joseph's son. They just were dismissive of the things that God was doing in his life because they were familiar with him. When God got ready to deliver Israel, he pulled Moses away from the backside of the desert. You know, they, it, it, whenever the people that were familiar with the Old Testament scriptures, with the prophecies, with the law of Moses and such, whenever the gospel was preached to them, many of them rejected it. But it was the ones who hadn't heard who were receptive of it. So that familiarity, you know, can become a hindrance. And we don't want to be a hindrance. Uh, you know, we can hurt what God is trying to do in our lives uh, if we are not serious. Okay. I got a friend. <laughs> My one of my best friends since since I was a young man. Uh, and I texted him. And I was telling him, hey, you know, I finished the books, you know. Uh, and and I, we don't stay in touch that much. But, but when I texted him, I sent him an emoji. And it was a finished flag and a, 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 what would be a smiley face, but crying, you know, like, a, like, like such a relief. And he responded and said, I don't speak emoji. <laughs> he said, you need to get some adult friends. And, uh, you know, he was just, you know, he's, he's a good friend of mine. We were just, you know, messing with each other. But I thought about it. I was like, well, maybe I don't need, you know, I can see how that could be uh, something that would be a lack of uh, seen as immaturity. 
you know, to those who behold it. And it's hard for people to receive anything from you whenever they are perceiving what you're presenting to them as immature, etc. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with it. I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with sending an emoji with a, with a finished flag and a, and a crying emoji face. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's conveying, hey, I'm finished, and it took a lot out of me. But, you know, because of the perception of, of the immaturity behind it, well, then you, you can hurt your influence. Now, it ain't about hurting my influence to my friend. It, it, me and him, you know, we, like, there ain't nothing that can hurt him and I. But it was a lesson that I took away from what he said, even though he was just being casual. But I took it away from there, and I was like, you know what? He's right. You know, uh, this can be perceived as immaturity and hurt my influence. Paul, there's a, a place in one of Paul's writings in 2 Corinthians where he's talking about his influence. Uh, he says... In 2 Corinthians 10, 10 through 12, he says, For his letters, say they. And these are the ones that were, you know, they were... Paul had gone to the Corinthians and the signs of an apostle were done among them. I mean, it, he did much labor among them, much that showed that he was of God. But you can see that there was a, uh, a, a disregard for Paul that was rising up among the Corinthians. Uh, and he said, you know, and this is right after, this is right after uh, he was talking about, or excuse me, right before he was talking about how the ones that exalt themselves, he said, you'll put up with them, you know, if a man exalts himself, uh, you know, but Paul abased himself. And at the same time, he says, they were despising him. You know, he said, the more I love you, the less I be loved. You know, but you can see a shift. You know, it's not often that you see a shift in the way that Paul uh, is conducting himself. But you see a shift in 2 Corinthians. Uh, on the one hand, he said earlier uh, in 2 Corinthians that uh, though he did repent, he does not repent. Talking about a rebuke that he was given to them because he made them sorry, but godly sorrow worketh repentance that's not to be repented of but he was like hey, I made you sorry and I you know I repented of it but now I take that back because I see that it was for your own good uh, so he was kind of dealing with a lot with dealing with these Corinthians but one of the things he's dealing with in 2 Corinthians 10 is his casualness it's hurting his influence among them. That's the way I see it. This is what he says. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 10 through 12. He says, for his letters say they, and he's talking about what they're saying about him. His letters say they are weighty and powerful. So they're saying in his writings, you know, it's really good. But his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. And he's saying, they, you know, his letters are all that, you know, they... But then when he comes around, he he's he's easy to be, you know, looked down on. He says, let us, let such a one, this was his response. He said, let such a one think this, that such as we are in word by letters, when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we are present. 
for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise and what he's saying he's like the signs of the apostles were done among you etc but they were saying you know his speech is contemptible you know his letters are powerful but in presence he's he's just he's he's not anything to be revered and uh and paul saying hey it's not about me you know uh, and that ought to be our mindset all the time that it's not about me it's what god's doing in me and jesus was always of that uh doctrine he would say you know the words i speak are speaking out of myself the father in me etc and he wasn't casual he said no man knows the son but the father now what does that mean you know i think there's something to that that hey i don't i'm not just out here uh just putting myself out here you know i'm i'm conducting myself as a representative of god not just putting myself out here just being casual and he says no man knows the father but the son and him to whom the, the son will reveal him uh, so the son was revealing the father to men but that personal you know aspect he says that that's between him and the father and I and, and, and Jesus was regarded you know even by the disciples that were around him you know they wouldn't they wouldn't ask him a lot of questions etc because they regarded him but the ones who were familiar with him the ones who were from his own country they they were dismissive of him and wanted to throw him over the cliff whenever he was reading out of the book of Isaiah to show that he was in fact the Christ and so and Paul like I said he he's saying in presence you know they were comparing him you know like hey he's he's not all that you know he's not what a man should be who is uh, you know supposed to be respected and carrying around all this this weighty word and and but I the way I see it he's making a shift he said well well the ones that are saying this let them know that it is going to be like that and and so he makes the shift and another passage that I believe applies to this okay it is it's it's a roundabout way because Jesus is talking about if you're going to follow him you got to be willing to leave everything and if you start on that path then you're not and you and you don't finish it then you you're basically killing your testimony like you won't nobody's even going to listen to you after that you're just going to be mocked you're going to be seen as a failure uh, but i think it can apply to ministry as well because you lose your effectiveness and this is in this place in luke where he says if the salt loses its saltiness it's not good for anything after that but to be trampled underfoot because uh, he says salt is good luke 14 verse 34 he says salt is good but if the salt have lost its savor you know saltiness wherewith shall it be seasoned it is neither fit for the land nor for the dung hill but men cast it out and you know in another place he says trample it underfoot you know it and so it's like you know that that's it's almost like you get one shot 
you know it's almost like you have to preserve that saltiness because once the salt has lost its saltiness you know and i think it's jude says let your word be seasoned with salt once your once your um word has lost its saltiness then you it's it's like that's it you know there's there's nothing else that could bring that back and in the context what he's saying he's talking about a you know he gives a couple of examples but one of them he says for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost where he has sufficient to finish it lest happily after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish it all that uh, beheld it began to mock him saying this man be began to build and was not able to finish so it's like you're starting on something but you know it looked good it's like people were watching the foundation is laid but then when it came to the carrying it through to completion uh, it turned into mockery because the project was not fulfilled uh, and and what I'm applying this to is ministry got to follow through with the seriousness you know and, and that's what Paul's saying you know hey what well, we are in word and in, in letter that's what we're going to be in person you know and, uh, and it's it's really sad you know I, if you read in 2 Corinthians 10 through 12 I mean in thir into 13 you can hear the you can hear the the grievance that Paul has you know like though the more I, the more I love you the less I be loved but so be it you know and, and you can hear it in his in his words but at the same time he says I'm not it ain't about me he says I'm happy whenever I'm weak and you're built up you know that's what we want you know for you to be built up but he knows that his effectiveness uh, for his effectiveness to not be ridiculed that contemptible quote unquote this was their words presence of his he had to mitigate that you know he couldn't continue on and so yeah Paul was a man I mean Paul was a man like we are uh, you know and sometimes we it, it, it's encouraging and I think we need to have that realization too that these men in the Bible, these were men, you know. These were actual men uh, who we revere. And it's, and it's easy to put them on a pedestal and think, man, these guys were like supernatural. If these guys were here today, da, 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 da. But they were men. You know, James talked about Elijah. He was a man of like passion as we were, as we are. And here we have James looking back on Elijah and commenting on how normal he was. And then we're looking back on James like he's not normal when James is like man you know he's putting himself in the category looking back on men of God and we ought to do the same you know looking back on on the men of God who wrote about Elijah etc you know they're men of like passions as we are but they were effective and we need to follow their pattern and learn from them and it's not always easy but you know what it's a growing process a growing process we can't we gotta learn not to shoot ourselves in the foot by being too casual
because although there's nothing wrong with sending emojis, etc., it can uh, it can be seen as childish, you know, and people start holding you up to a standard that that you know they think is is the way you should be. When in actuality, there's nothing wrong with it, but that's the perception, you know, and you can kill your can kill your witness you, know, you can you can hurt your witness we have to be cognizant of the way that people perceive uh, what we're doing because in the end we just want to be fruitful for the Lord and if we're not taken serious then what good is that saltiness you know I mean, it's like hey they, there ain't no savor in this you know there's just hey we know this guy he ain't nobody. But in actuality, we ought to remember that it's God doing it in us. And so not, not look at people for human, you know, and not setting humans up on a pedestal or comparing humans by humans, etc. But seeing the things of God and understanding that that it's God that, that chooses the weak things, the things that are not, the despised things, and uses them. And so, you know, it, I, you know, I, I think about whenever they, whenever Jesus was, whenever they presented Jesus, his parents presented Mary and Joseph presented Jesus in the temple, and uh, Simeon says that he will be a sign that the the thoughts of many hearts could be exposed. You know. a sign to speak against so thoughts of many hearts could be exposed you know and I, th I think about that and I've had times in my life man where it seemed like I was just put out there as a spectacle you know uh, to be ridiculed and not even just you know not not in ministry but people would know hey he's a he's a Christian he says he's a Christian uh, but look how foolish he is. You know, on my work, at workplace or whatever. You know, you know, they just just try to find flaws. You know, they just look down on you for different. You know, I because of my interracial marriage. You know, people have uh, high sided in regard to that and things. You know, just try to find reasons that they can discount your witness because uh, they don't want to hear what you have to say when it comes to. Uh, speaking the things of God, and so they will, you know, look and dig and try to find things to discredit you, and and it's it's hurt me. Like before, I've 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 wanted to tell them, hey, don't don't do that. But you know, it's not right to defend yourself, but not out of defense for myself, but just out of concern for them. Hey, don't do that, man. Don't 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 try to uh, belittle another man for things that are not matters of the heart you know uh, and when Jesus came they you know Jesus came and they tried to dismiss him they tried to belittle him he's got a demon why do you hear him uh, can anything good come out of Nazareth they said about him. You know, hey, read the read the read the the, the prophecies. No, 
No prophet comes out of Nazareth. He said he was a Samaritan. You know, he said he was born of fornication. Just things to try to dismiss instead of dealing with, hey, what what is he saying? You know, the miracles themselves proved his. He's, and he says it in John ten. He's like, hey, don't. If you don't believe me unless I do the works of my father. And it's like that in ministry. You know, something can be so scripturally sound, man. Like, right on point. But then it'll be like this, this dig around to try to just find a flaw in you. Something that, you know, and, and then just push aside everything to do with the scripture and just, just be like, hey, this guy is not worthy to be listened to. You know, don't, don't listen to nothing he's got to say. And then the days of Paul, why do you hear you him? Why, why hear you him? You know, he, he's mad. You know, Paul, much learning has made me mad. You know? There's Jesus. They say, well, why hear you him? He's got a devil. Why are you hearing him? Why, why are you even listening to him? But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, you know, it's not about what people think about us. You know, it's about what God says. But even having that persuasion, that does not mean that we can conduct ourselves any way we feel without reserve. Because when we know to do good, and when we know the way that we should be conducting ourselves, and we hurt our witness because we are not taking heed to our ways, well, then that is on us. And we want to be fruitful. And if God is doing something in us to help people, then, then it's a scary thing to uh, get in between what God is doing because of our own casual behavior. So there's something to be said for it, you know, and, and I think about the, the people that I have really respected. Now, sometimes in churches, honestly, you know, in churches, I, people are standoffish, the pastors and such are standoffish, and, I, and sometimes it can be good and sometimes not, in my opinion. But even men of God who I had great respect for were standoffish, you know. You wouldn't just, you wouldn't go up and just high-five them and just start shooting the breeze with them. You know, there'd be a specific matter you talk to them about, and then that was the wrap. You'd go back to doing your thing, you know, and then they'd, they'd go back to being the pastor. Uh, there wasn't a casual relationship there, and we had regard for them, respect for them. We, it wasn't seen as a diss. It was just an understanding of this is the way the man of God is conducting himself and he should conduct himself like that and then there are other times when people are standoffish you know for the wrong reasons you know I mean in Jesus day it says they wouldn't even ask him any more questions because he would always refute their attempts to accuse him etc you know they were standoffish for because they because the light shone and he says in 
John chapter 3 John chapter 3 says that men love darkness and they wouldn't come into the light lest their deeds should be reproved and sometimes pastors and stuff can be standoffish because they don't want anything that challenges their error uh, to see the light of day and so they'll rather oppress you and ostracize you and silence you and that's not right and I'm not talking about uh, a rejection of the truth. I'm talking about whenever we are serving God with integrity and striving in the truth, even so, uh, our lack of seriousness can hinder our own ministry. And so we shouldn't be shooting ourselves in the foot thereby. So let's uh, let's be serious, you know. Let's be serious, you know. Uh, there's there's something about it, you know, the seriousness. If you think about uh, the people that we take serious, there's not a lot of casualness involved in that, you know. And then let's, you know, let's work while it's day, because when we awaken the resurrection. And we sit at that great supper on that day. Then let's, you know, we'll rest from our labors. But for now, we gotta we gotta work. And uh, and the type of work that we're in, it it demands a seriousness of us. So uh, don't be too hard on yourself. I'm not being too hard on myself. We're all learning, uh, but we just have to learn how to be effective. And to grow in that. And, uh, and I think this is a good lesson that I wanted to share.